Hey, it's Brother Dale here of Gospel of Repentance Ministries. God bless you for tuning in. Remember, if you have any questions you want to send my way, you can do so at questions at willyourepent.com. That's questions at willyourepent.com. Hey, remember the thing, Matthew chapter 4, verse 4, man cannot live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds out of the mouth of God. Thank you for tuning in once again. And what I want to do in the few moments that I have with you in this episode is rehash a very important matter. Back on January the 15th of this year, I did a podcast called Did Jesus Die for the Sins of Those Who Die in Unbelief? In other words, did Jesus die for those who die in unbelief? And I argue that the answer to that question is no. And what I want to do is kind of sort of piggyback off of that in this episode and talk about the unbelief matter negatively and positively. Uh, Negatively and positively. So let's start with the uh, the negative and once again just by way of review Jesus did not die for the sins of those who die in unbelief because as I had mentioned before I've written and uh, and I've expressed it like I said audibly in that podcast a couple of months ago that why what would be the point or what how would Christ's atonement be effective for anyone if he shed his blood, paid the price in full for someone's sins, and then that person still dies and perishes in sin? What was the point of the atonement for them? It it was pointless because it was, in the final analysis, it was ineffective to save the person from whom Christ died. So, and the reason why it's so important, I think, for me to bring this back up, because it's it's essential that we understand that Jesus did not spill his blood. He did not shed his blood in vain for anyone. God the Father would not be so uncaring and so unloving and so unwise as to send his only begotten son, I mean, pre-plan this before the world was created, to send him to be humiliated, to be beaten, spit upon, flogged, mocked, rejected, only to, and then to die, and then hope that man has the moral fiber, the inclination, the desire on his own to say, yeah, I, I buy the whole thing. I'm going to accept the uh, atonement of Christ. In other words, a lot of people look at salvation as, okay, Jesus did his part. Now it's up to you as a sinner to do your part. So in order for salvation to be realized and for salvation to be activated in your life, then you have to say yes to the plan of God. In other words, we make the final decision. We ultimately determine the success or the failure of 
the atonement of Christ and God the Father would not be so foolish and so thoughtless and so careless as to allow sinful, wretched, depraved man to cast the deciding vote on whether his salvation plan, the atonement of Christ or eternal life ultimately hinges upon the decision of man. God never would have done that because if he did, then he he lost before he even started. He lost the war before the battle even began as far as trying to battle sin and and to conquer it if in the in the final analysis he decides the Lord decides that well I'm sending my son I'm going to have him be humiliated I'm going to have him be spit upon I'm going to have him be punched in the face I'm going to have him be mocked I'm going to have his body ripped to shreds by a cat and nine tails I mean and he'll be a bloody mess to the point where you won't even recognize that he's human I mean he would literally be a skeleton with flesh hanging off of his bones dying on a cross and so he did his part now I'm looking to man to do his part so if that is what a person believes then you have God the Father pacing up and down in glory wringing his hands and sweating so to speak hoping that we have the like I said the moral fiber and the the virtue within us to say yes to the gospel no so in that sense then a person will die in unbelief but they died in unbelief without their sins being forgiven none of their sins were forgiven you follow what I'm saying so that's the point that's unbelief in a negative sense now unbelief in a positive sense goes like this uh, my friends unbelief in the positive sense is when we believe what the what the Bible teaches about Jesus Christ coming to die for all sin and he died for the sins of those whom God identified to him to come and save that is the elect of God the chosen before the foundation of the world so if God decided when I say if I really mean since God decided to save some before the foundation of the world he identified to the son whom he was supposed to save and the son did that perfectly because Jesus himself said all that the father gives to me will come to me and those who come to me I will by no no wise cast out and then he said all those whom the father give to me I've lost none of them so the son did exactly what the father commanded him to do and that was to save all that were given to him before the foundation of the world Jesus knew before he came to the earth whom he was to save that's why he could handpick the disciples and command them to come and follow me because he knew that they would be his representatives uh, in the earth once he was uh, raised from the dead and ascended back to heaven to continue his work and then anybody else that comes into the kingdom through their word all the way up until the present day here in uh, March the 16th 2019 would 
also believe and also continue to perpetuate the gospel that was initiated way back some 2,000 years ago. So those whom actually have their sins atoned for, not all, all their sins, including the sin of unbelief, has been included in the washing away of their sins. So now they have the power and the ability by God, through the Spirit of God, to believe and be saved once the gospel is preached to them. And conversely, for those who don't believe, it proves, once again, that none of their sins were forgiven. You can't say that their sins were all their sins were forgiven except the sin of unbelief. Once again, that doesn't make any sense. That that does not compute because why would God the Father send the Son to die for every single sin but leave unbelief out? I mean, if that's the case, then one have to, would have to conclude that unbelief is not sin. And we know unbelief is sin. And unbelief, when it comes to responding to the gospel and receiving the gospel to to die in unbelief or to not believe that, to reject that truth is definitely a sin. And it, it is a sin that will keep a person out of the kingdom of God and they will remain and forever remain in the kingdom of darkness forever. They will never have an opportunity to get out of the kingdom of darkness and be translated into the kingdom of light or the kingdom of God, the kingdom of Christ, the body of Christ. You follow what I'm saying? So therein lies the difference between unbelief negatively and unbelief positively. Those who die in unbelief prove once and for all that their sins were not forgiven none of them were forgiven none of them none of them were atoned for by Christ because once again Jesus did not spill his blood for nothing he didn't he didn't shed his blood for someone who would never believe and God knowing all things and means meaning God is omniscient knows who in who in advance would not believe and he knew who in advance would believe but let me make this clear as well. God did not base his salvation or his election of sinners based on what he knew what they, knew what they would do or knew how they would respond. Do you follow what I'm saying? Remember, he chose those whom he wanted to choose without any influence from man. In other words, he chose us totally independent of what we would do. It was his own uninfluenced will that decided to love on those whom he chose to be recipients of his saving grace. It's also important to understand this, is that God does not love everybody the same. And that may sound harsh or callous or unbiblical, inconsiderate, but it's true. God does love all men indiscriminately, but he does not all he does not love all men equally because if he did that every single person that would ever live would be saved. Not everybody is saved, which would have to conclude that God does not love all men equally. If you look in the Bible, if you analyze the Bible, look at all the nations that surrounded uh, the nation of Israel back in old biblical times, back in antiquity. 
the only nation that God chose was Israel. Why did he do that? Was it because Israel was better than those other nations, that they were more holier than those other nations, that they had more money, that they were more attractive, that they were better worshipers? What was it that attracted Israel to God for the sole purpose that he decided to love on them? According to Deuteronomy chapter 7, he decided to love on them. They were the smallest of all nations, so they were unimpressive geographically. From a populist standpoint, they were they were small. They were considered insignificant. But remember, God made a covenant and a promise to Abraham. And through Abraham's loins came the Hebrew, or what we call the Jewish race today, or the Israelites. They were not better than any of the other nations surrounding them. And often... In, in a lot of instances, they were worse because they had the covenant. They knew the word of God. They saw the, the power of God. They saw miracles. They saw the, the bread come from heaven, the manna. They saw the parting of the Red Sea. They witnessed all these tr- incredible transformative works, uh, miraculous works and signs by God through Moses, through Joshua, through Elijah, through Elisha, and so on and so forth. They saw his deliverance. They saw him fight their battles yet they were unrepentant the majority of them they were idolatrous they were unfaithful they were wicked so they were chosen because God decided to choose them. it was part of his overarching plan to choose Israel not because they were better or because they were worthy of it they were totally unworthy but because God is sovereign and he can do whatever he wants to do he can choose whomever he wants to choose according to his sovereign will and that's what he did so it's no different with 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 today god decides to choose who will be in the kingdom of god and god decides who he will pass over plain and simple and the question of course will continue to be asked by those who don't like the doctrine of um, election do not like the doctrine of limited atonement they will cry and and complain and and dispute and debate says okay well why would God save some and not save all and my reply to that question is another question which simply is why does God save any because none of us deserve to be saved we all deserve damnation we deserve eternal judgment and if anybody has their eyes open they understand that that's true So that's all I wanted to discuss in this episode regarding unbelief, what I call unbelief positively, and unbelief negatively. God bless you. Until the next time.